for another edition of the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad Podcast. I'm Ryan Brandt, a.k.a. Rocket Ryan. Normally, this is where I say sitting to my right, and he's always sitting on my right. It's Pat Jillick, a.k.a. PJ Thriller, who he self-glossed with that, as Jim Rome likes to say. Not supposed to self-gloss. But anyway, Pat had to work tonight and could not make it. And um, we had a guest all lined up, and he couldn't make it either. So... I figure what type better time than the present to bring in the brainchild behind this award-winning podcast, the one, the only, Kyle W. Smith. Kyle, talk about how this all came about. How, how, why am I sitting here at your house talking on a Wednesday night about Rocket Sports? Sure. So initially, when we came up with this idea, uh, Pat and I were watching football, and uh we started talking about podcasts and podcasts that we both listen to. And I said, you know, I don't really know of a prominent podcast for Toledo sports. And I was like, it's, it's really not that hard to set up a podcast. So I'm like, and I think there's, there's a lot of potential there uh, with you and Ryan to uh, start a podcast. So that's kind of where the idea originated from. Well, so far, it's been a lot of fun. We started it up back in April, I do believe it was. Yeah, so that, that sounds time. about right, yeah. And uh, we've had a lot of fun doing it. And so Kyle is our our executive producer, our engineer, the guy who basically has all the equipment. So we couldn't do it without him. And he has a nice setup here at his, uh, his brand new house out here in North Toledo. And Kyle, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and... Uh, and what you're doing now, other than sitting here talking to me. Yeah, the timeline. I I grew up and uh, went to Bedford, uh, just over the line in Michigan. Played football from seventh grade to senior year. Um, you were a kicking mule? Was a kicking mule. I uh, started left guard and uh, was kicker for a bit my JV year. Straight on, or did you do a soccer stuff? Oh, uh, no, I was straight on. All right. It's like, I, like I threw Lou Rosa. I had to throw that lineman leg in it. Oh, yeah. I had toe kick it. <laughs> I actually had a, we were playing a game and I was lining the ball up to kick off. The ref came up to me. He's like, you know, he's like, you're the biggest kicker I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a modern day Tom Dempsey. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then went to UT for a few years and finished my degree at Owens. Still in Toledo. Haven't left and love it around here. Go to Toledo sports when I can. and. Other football when I can, just a football lover. Yes, uh, in fact, so much so we'll get to that in just a second. But you, um, you and Pat know each other because you married his daughter. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a small world thing. I think this whole podcast group is kind of a small world how we all came together. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you know, it's Pat and I naturally created a relationship based on sports and the love of football and UT and. Ohio State. And the love of Kristen. I yeah. Mean, you both kind of dig her. Kristen, yeah. I mean, that, that helps as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also neat, too, because one of my best buddies of all time, Dave Zimmerman, come to find out, is your uncle. I mean, we found this out, you know, 15 years ago. But it was just kind of weird the way the whole thing all came about. And uh, everybody knew each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy. I, I I think the first time everybody figured it out, it was kind of mind-blowing. But Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? I shouldn't say... Technically, well, your mom and Leslie, Dave's wife, are sisters. So really, he's he's just kind of there along for the ride. Yeah, but I'm, he's basically a blood uncle. We have the same hairline and 
habits and <laughs> hopefully gives me that sloppy joe recipe down the road there you go yeah he's, he's a sloppy joe connoisseur <laughs> and uh really a, a a good guy so um getting back to what you mentioned about college football you've been to a, a few games this year and it's been a, a in fact there was one weekend just a historic weekend that you got to be a part of but let's let's start from the beginning i know um but go ahead. I'll just let you tell it. Yeah. The first trip we planned was uh, Buffalo. My friend Nate and I uh, decided to plan the trip. My friend Nate is actually doing a bucket list thing for himself where he wants to see every D1 uh, football stadium. Are we talking FBS? Yep. Okay. He's He's got a, quite a few, I'd say like close to 50 crossed off already. So and, 50 out of 130. That's yeah, pretty good. I, it's not bad. He started this maybe four or five years ago. Wow. Um, he's definitely got a good pace going. What I really admire about the way Nate does it is he will find the big, uh, marquee game to go to, um, and then plan the weekend around that. He's like, all right, so I found this big game to go to on Saturday and let's see who's playing on Thursday. Let's see what small school I can go to for 10 bucks a ticket and check out their campus and bookstore and the environment and everything. And I think he enjoys that just as much as going to the big game. Oh yeah. I've kind of adopted that love through him as well and started appreciating the smaller campuses and seeing, uh, you know, the smaller schools and their dedicated fan bases coming out. It's, it's really interesting to watch. Um, so yeah, we started off going to university of Buffalo and it was appealing because the girls wanted to go to, uh, see Niagara falls and, all that so we're like you know let's just plan a trip and uh university of buffalo is playing coastal carolina who's ranked at the time kind of a a fun game for us because we've been following coastal carolina a little bit with their recent success and it's been an interesting story to us you know there was a lot of coastal carolina fans there which was cool to see from Um, conway south carolina right by myrtle beach i do believe yep so So, yeah that that was fun um got to see another mac school which is uh which is fun as a ut fan Mm-hmm. Kind of compare uh, campuses and where they play at in their stadiums. And so, what's the comparison between University of Buffalo and uh, UT? I thought the campus was very similar to UT. I thought there was a lot to see. Um, the atmosphere was really cool. There was a lot of people out and about on game day. I do give a little bit of a notch to uh, the Glass Bowl. I think it's a really cool stadium to see a team play, just the way it's designed. But Buffalo had a had a pretty cool atmosphere as well, but it it was a fun game to go to just because the the team they're playing was ranked, and I think and it was a close helped. game too. Yeah, yeah, it was actually kind of surprising. It was close, and then afterwards it was fun. Uh, we went and checked out the bookstore and ran into Donovan McNabb somehow. Oh wow! I, I believe his daughter is planning on going to Buffalo and playing basketball, but it was just a random occurrence. Like, oh wow! <laughs> who would have thought you'd run into McNabb? But super nice guy. Uh, you know, took a picture with us. And oh, that's cool. Took time out of his day to talk to us for a little bit. So well, he's probably telling everybody you ran into Kyle Smith and Nate. Yeah, they're like, you know, that podcast out in Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> ran into that guy, yeah. the, the producer, Kyle W. Can you that's believe right. it? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first game this year. Okay, so go, go ahead and uh, talk about what what you do the next week after, or what was the next big game you went to? After? So we uh, we planned Nate's bachelor trip. He is obviously a huge football fan, so we're like, what would Nate want to do more than go see football? And so his cousin lives in uh, Texas, and we're like, you know what, let's plan a trip to Texas. 
And so we got an Airbnb in Dallas, uh, Grand Prairie, actually, just outside of Dallas. Thursday, we flew in, and we had two different groups of guys flying in. We had, I believe, 10 guys total. And eight of the 10 guys were flying in on Thursday. And so it was a game-time decision, basically, to drive to Houston, which is three hours away. The flight got in on time for the later group, and we're like, let's just go. And we got in the rental van and uh, went to Houston. We saw the Astros play, um, which was the, the first uh, of the playoffs. Mm. Amazing atmosphere there. Like, I couldn't believe it. Um, the only ballpark I've ever been to was uh, Comerica, so that's all I had to relate oh, it to. Cool. But yeah. a playoff atmosphere, like, it's just hard to beat. And yeah, we haven't seen that in Comerica since uh, it's 14. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun to go to. I'm glad we decided to do that. That Saturday, we bought tickets prior to go to see Baylor play West Virginia and Waco. And uh, that was kind of what the trip was uh, centered around initially. Wasn't much of a game. West Virginia didn't show up. Uh, obviously, Baylor is a great team this year, the conference championship winners for mm-hmm. Big 12. The stadium was uh, really cool. I really, probably the, the thing I liked the most was uh, they have the river coming up right behind the stadium, and there's like a little like marina and people tailgate on their pontoons and stuff oh, that's outside cool. the stadium. And it's, it's a really cool atmosphere. Heck yeah. Uh, the stadium's really nice. Uh, they got Chick-fil-A in the stadium. So there you that's go. always a cool vendor to see. And then so we left that game early in the third. Uh, it was pretty much a blowout. We took a couple pictures. They had a RG3's Heisman trophy there. Uh, they had a couple cool statues of him, and they definitely love RG3 down there, right for right. so. I mean, he was a great player. Mm-hmm. We got in the van and bought tickets to Kyle Field to see A&M play Alabama on. And drove straight to College Station. And, and how far of a trip is that from Waco to College Station? It was about uh, an hour and a half. Not bad at all. Which in Texas time isn't bad. <laughs> Texas is a huge state. so Right. Yeah, so we, we had a lot of drive time. I think when we were done with the van, we had like 1,200 miles in the weekend. Wow. On it. And we, were just told, we told them we were just going to hang around Dallas. So I'm sure they're a little surprised, but... <laughs> Yeah, at least it's uh, it's like a mileage buffet when you run a car. You That's know? right. It's all you can all you can drive. Full coverage. We'll see how it returns. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we went to College Station, and that atmosphere was unbelievable. Absolutely insane. They have twelfth man there, and just the whole strip going up to the stadium was just packed with people, and basically a parade. It was just insane to witness. You had a feeling when you were there. Going in, we're like, oh, it's Bama. Like, they're just going to wipe the floor with A&M. Right when, from the beginning, the atmosphere was just, like, crazy the whole time. I couldn't hear anything in there. And they're not even close to what full capacity is to, like, maybe the big house or the horseshoe up here. But just the way the stadium's designed, it was just loud. And I think Alabama had, like, three or four delay games that game. Like, you couldn't hear anything. Wow. And it was loud the entire game. That energy was just there. The whole time, we were just like, you know, this could happen. There could be an upset. I think rolling into the game, there was a bunch of records that Alabama had. Uh, one of the prominent ones was, uh, I think it was like 20 games straight or something. They led every quarter. They didn't trail. That first quarter hit, and um, A&M was winning. We're like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, our seats were cool. We were right behind uh, one of the goalposts in the end zone. Uh, we decided to splurge on some nice tickets. The game-winning kick actually was in that upright where we were at. Oh, cool. But yeah, the it was just interesting. I think that was the first assistant that ever uh, 
coached under Saban that beat Saban. He was mm-hmm. like twenty seven and zero. Huh. Uh, yeah, he definitely has the number on his old. Yeah, that's old the stats. that's the first time, and that I was just like, wow, this isn't. I'm so glad we came to this game. Like, it's just oh. so many things we witnessed here, uh, and then obviously we know where Alabama is now, and. Um, their success towards the end of the season and number one. And it was kind of cool to say we got to see Baylor and Alabama. So, yeah, that was that trip. And uh, we got to storm the field and people everywhere. And first field I've ever stormed, and it happened to be Kyle Field. So that's oh, Kyle. Yep. Kyle Smith, Kyle Field. Makes I think sense. Johnny Football Manziel was on the field somewhere with me. You know, two celebrities recognizing each other, of oh, course. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's the that's the producer of the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad podcast. <laughs> How lucky am I? That's what Johnny said. Of course, Johnny was half loaded. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so that trip was really fun. We got the tour, um, Jerry World too. And, oh, neat! Uh, amazing stadium, state of the state of the art things, and a lot of cool things to do around Dallas and around that stadium. So they definitely have done a great job. So how long were you down there? We left on Thursday and came back Sunday. Oh, wow. You got crammed so oh, much in. Yeah. Uh, other than sleeping, we were moving. Oh, that's cool. Yep. That sounds like a, like a great weekend. It was a crazy year. And then we, we just finished with going to the Big Ten Championship. I'm an Ohio State fan. My brother went. He's Ohio State. Nate went. He's a Michigan State fan. Other buddy, Tyler, went. He's a Michigan fan. So we were thinking about selling the tickets just because we paid like, I think, 60 or 70 bucks for them. And Obviously, they went astronomical once Michigan beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But we decided, like, hey, Michigan's never been in it. That's another chance to experience something historical mm-hmm. under Jim Harbaugh. And at the end of the day, just like Toledo fans are, you know, you root for the MAC in bowl games. And I'm the same way as Ohio State. I don't like Michigan, but at the end of the day, if they're representing Big Ten, that's who I want to cool. win. It's all about the conference. It, it was a really cool atmosphere. They do a great job in Indy. Uh, with the Big Ten Championship. A lot to do down there. Well, you think about it, you look at all the conventions they host. I mean, they have that great convention center there, plus Lucas Oil Stadium, NCAA. They've hosted so many Final Fours there. When you do something right, I think a lot of events want to go there because they hear, you know, it's built on reputation and they know how to do it right. Yeah, and I mean, you you got a few years under your belt, you start to work out the kinks and... I thought it went very smooth for the number of people that were there. And convention center was set up very nicely. A lot to do, a lot of little activities for kids and uh, adults too. And I know there's like uh, some talk about some people proposing that the Big Ten Championship switch cities. So it would be on a rotating thing. So it would be in Indy one year, maybe go to Detroit one year, and then maybe like Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Part of me as a Lions fan, and I do like Detroit, realizes yeah that would be a great thing for the city but then part of me is like you know indy's doing it right so why why fix was not broken mm-hmm. of course i mean an hour drives a whole lot better than three yeah absolutely <laughs> and i think it's a great central spot for the big 10 i also love the fact that you know we're we're planning on possibly going to the western michigan nevada game up in detroit on uh Monday, which is just after Christmas. Quick lane bowl. You know, usually there's a Mac team. That's always cool to see, you know, be able to drive 45 minutes and get that bowl experience and see a Mac team play. So I know um, it's kind of funny. I was in TV on air for 19 years. The first bowl game I ever went to. So I started on TV back in 1989. I'd never been to a bowl game until 2002 when the Rockets played Boston College up at the then Motor City Bowl. I, I was always the weekend guy. 
So it was always the sports director that went. I finally got to go to another bowl game, and that was in 2007. I guess not. I guess technically it's a bowl game. It was the national championship game, Florida and Ohio State. When Ted Ginn Jr. returned the kickoff, everybody jumped on me, broke they, something. They and thought Ohio State was going to run it, and then Tim Tebow. Didn't quite happen. <laughs> worked, worked his magic against yep. Troy Smith. But, uh, yeah, so I, I've not been to many bowl games. Those are actually – those were the first two I'd been to. And then since then, I've been to, went to Boca Raton. That was a cool bowl game. And, that would be cool. And then uh, we went to the FIU game when Toledo played up at the uh, Motor City Bowl, mm-hmm. 2010. Uh, Hilton from uh, place for the Colts now. Y.A. Hilton, U.T.A. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. T-Y, I knew it was something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was one of those USF and G. Hilton or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, he... Um, Remember, he had caught the big pass, led to that game-winning field goal, and I just remember being pissed, thinking, man, finally get to a bowl game I get to go to, and they lose. But uh, It hurts a little less once you see that player have the NFL career he does. Right. You're like, all right, he was that great. You know, he was that kind of player. Right, right. But uh, so, you know, this is a Toledo Rockets podcast, Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad. What are some of your, your memories, if you can think back, of any any fond memories you have going to the Glass Bowl? So I used to uh, go sporadically in high school. It was just whoever had an extra ticket. I'm like, yeah, definitely go. I think one of the cooler experiences I had was uh, Nate and I actually signed up for a lineman camp okay. in, in high school and got to go down and basically do drills and learn some techniques and stuff with uh, a bunch of other, you know, some of them were prospects that they were trying to sign. Some of them were just, you know, guys like me who, I mean, I was recruited D3 out of high school. And I mean, as a lineman, I'm 6'1". That's about where I'm going to probably be. I just don't have the height. It is what it is. Right. But some of the guys there are just <laughs> unreal. They they flew in some guys from Florida and they're probably like 6'6 and the size of a house, you know. I mean? Right, <laughs> right. They, they they were huge. Um, Who had the coach been back then? Was it, it Amstutz or was it, uh, what, what year did you graduate in high school? I graduated 10. We went so in. So been Beckman. Yeah, yeah. we went in uh, 08, I believe. Okay, so yeah, so that was right on that transition from Amstutz to Yeah, Beckman. it was right in between that. But yeah, it was really cool to actually be down on the field. It kind of like you take a moment and you're like, man, there's, a, there's some really cool things that happen down here. And when you're just going into varsity high school football it's like wow this is a big deal right you know it's, it's pretty cool so that was a big one um even though they lost it was cool seeing miami right at ut like the it was it was a crazy atmosphere there and seeing that caliber of team come in and ut i think hung with them up until about half yeah third quarter they, they cut it down to 24 21 thanks in large part to deontay johnson who's now a thousand yard receiver with the steelers yeah, he's doing pretty well yeah and um but after that, they just they took over from there. But yeah, it was just you know as a as a guy who started following the Rockets when he was twelve back in nineteen seventy nine, to sit there in the glass bowl, look down, and see that iconic U on the helmet. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, we've had some some you know so called Power Five teams in in the past. Your Colorado, Arizona, um, you know Purdue all came in, but nobody with the resume of the. Miami, Florida Hurricanes. Yeah, it must have been interesting for you because obviously the Hurricanes have fallen off a little bit since the great dynasties of, I believe, in the late 80s and then in the 2000s, which Mm -hmm. I was more familiar with. Right. And just how many NFL players came out of those teams was insane. But seeing that type of team come into UT, I'm sure it was 
uh, really cool for you. It, it was cool for me. Oh, it really was. I mean, that was a team I hated from the get-go. I mean, yeah, the, yeah we all know the the history of uh, the Hurricanes being yeah. cocky. and The swagger. And, yeah, you know. and all that. But, you know, it's funny. After I watched that 30 for 30 episode on them, I kind of understood it a little bit more. It was it was one of those things where they had to do something. They were almost going to get rid of the program mm-hmm. back in the early seventies. So the fact that they were able to not only keep the program but go on to have such great time, you know, so, so many great records and national championships is pretty amazing. I guess we could talk a little bit about the the recent bowl game that UT was in. A little disappointed what I saw with how UT showed up on paper. They should have came in and oh yeah handled yeah. business, but. Yeah, losing, it just didn't seem like they were prepared. Yeah, losing to Bombers Bowl to Middle Tennessee State, thirty, excuse me, thirty-one twenty-four. Late touchdown, mm-hmm. couldn't get the onside kick. But I just didn't understand the why they went away from the run. I mean, Kobach was averaging seven yards a pop, and to to take him out of the equation, I just didn't understand it. But uh, again, I'm not getting paid one point two million dollars to make those decisions. True, so. and I mean. If you took a shot every time the TV announcer said, are they going to give it to Kobach, you'd be three sheets of the win <laughs> by the end of the game. But I, I, I kind of wanted to see him win, just with the whole rumors of Middle Tennessee possibly joining the MAC, and it sounds like they might have been the ones to kind of hold that up. Right. And it would have been nice to see a MAC team go in like UT and say, you know what, this is how we handle business. Right. You should have joined our conference. And it just didn't... Didn't happen. Didn't happen, yeah. So... In that game, I mean, go back, 18 carries, 126 yards. That is seven yards a carry. That's I didn't even make that up. That was, that was true. I'm, I'm reading the stat right here. Well, when you're Rocket Ryan, that comes naturally. Yeah, yeah. I want to brag. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Finn had a rough day, 18 of 39. And, um, you know, I, this that's a guy who I think is a pretty good quarterback. He just, you know, he's, he's not the kind of guy that you want to rely on to to do it all for you, especially when you got a guy like Kobach. You know, watching the game, I didn't think the play calling gave Finn opportunities to actually shine. There's a lot of times where he was forcing into passes, and I was like, why are you even throwing that? But then you kind of look on the replay, and you're like, well, they didn't really have any options. And they're not setting up an easy second and third when you're not running the ball with your seven-yard to carry running back. Right. You know, and then you're stuck with third and long. With a questionable line all year. I mean, it is what oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was at its, you know, but it did, I don't know if it improved or just was able to do a better job when you have a, a guy that can run the ball like like Finn when things break down. I think mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what happened. Like two years ago, when you had our last full regular season up until this year, when you had Eli Peters, not much of a scrambler, Mitch Guadani, who could take it and go. Once, once they, once, once Guadani got hurt and went out, they brought in a drop back passer like Peters. It just didn't seem to, didn't seem to click. And yeah. so, uh, I mean, I like what Finn did from the time they gave him the the ball and said, "Okay, this is this is your team now." You know, I, he's a freshman. Future's bright, I think. Enormous amount of potential. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. Anyway, we've been talking now for a good twenty six minutes, nineteen seconds. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, 26, 22 now. But anyway, we, uh, you know, for, for coming up with something off the spur of the moment, I think it's turned out all right. I enjoyed it. Hope you did. Yeah. 
And hope you did out there in podcast land. It was a good episode, I think. And Pat, I feel bad that uh, he wasn't here to enjoy it, but uh, he can listen to it. We'll, well let I'm, him. I'm not quite PJ Thriller, but... Well, you know what, though? You gave us a different perspective. You know, sure. you're, you're always sitting there just looking pretty, spending the dials and making sure our levels are right. Just press and play. There you go. That too. Well, on behalf of the guy who's not here, Pat Jillick, a.k.a. PJ Thriller, for our guest, Cobb W. Smith, I'm Ryan Brandt, a.k.a. Rocket Ryan Brandt, saying so long. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year, everybody. And we'll see you in 2022.